JW Megalite Show. I am your host, the Candy Man. And tonight, you're in for a special musical treat here. We got Queenitas back here in the box. And here, in, uh, first time in San Francisco. Hey, what's up, guys? Getting geared up for the comedy battle after the show. Got yours truly going to be opening up for the Shattuck's and Treasures there at uh, Golden Bull tomorrow. Going to be playing some of those tunes back. We got at Last Cafe tomorrow, 2 o'clock. Come on out for some uh, delicious food and some outdoor comedy on a Saturday. Golden Bull later tomorrow night. Doors open at 8. Music starts at 9. We got the uh, farmer's markets on Sundays. There's nothing more organic than going and getting some fresh produce and listening to some local tunes. And turned out to be a nice one. We just got back from the Golden Gate Bridge. Wow, I haven't been. I feel like it's great to go to the Golden Gate Bridge in so many years. Um, feeling like a tourist in my own, my own city. Love that. And it's warming up out there. It's getting hot. Hot and heavy. Lunchbox, Salesforce Tower every Friday. Sunk Lightning, that is my Candyman theme. And yeah, just sitting on the box here, down in the box here on 21st in Florida with Quinitas. How's it going over there? Oh my God, I love San Francisco so much. I can't believe I'm actually here. Incredible, first time. It's just an unbelievable city in, in every way. It's so unique. Um, I don't think I, besides New Orleans, I don't think uh, nothing comes <laughs> close, you know? It's a really cool city. I'm very glad to be here, for sure. Yeah, so I know you got this uh, this new single out. Finally, dude. Yeah. It's great. Um, who we're going to be listening to, but I know that you came up from Coachella. How was that? Coachella was pretty, um, pretty enlightening. You know, it was so cool to see like people from all walks of life. Some some people were there car camping. Some people were there just in tents, like me. Some people were in nice resorts, and you can just see everybody how they wear different masks and they were like on different let's say levels but at the end we were all there for one thing and one thing only and that was music and it was just beautiful to see you know like nowadays how can that still happen you know i haven't been in a concert like that big there was a lot of people yeah i've never been to coachella myself i know there's a lot of people out there in the airwaves um that are recovering from coachella i'm sure that there was a lot i mean camping too i mean that was, uh, you, I never went camping by myself. <laughs> <laughs> so after doing that for three days, I was a little bit beat up, but feeling fine now. Definitely something to do. It should be in your bucket list to go to Coachella. Yeah, I'm actually kind of shocked that I, I haven't been yet. Um, I've never been to Burning Man either. That's Which nice. is shocked when people tell me that, when I tell people I've never been to Burning Man, they kind of look at me twice like, really? Wow. Can where you, where is Burning Man again? Burning Man is in Indio. Oh, it's where Coachella was. I believe it's in the same place. I could be wrong, though. Someone could call in and correct me. But it's in a, a similar deserty kind of area. Oh, I see. Nice. Yeah, Burning Man, it's, it's cool. And Tomorrowland. 
if you ever get out of it, you know. I've never been to Tomorrowland. That's the other one. Can't think of anything else. Tomorrowland. Yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if you know this. Uh, so Ocean Beach, at one point in the 40s and the 50s, they had an amusement park out there in San Francisco. And um, I don't know, when Tomorrowland kind of reminds me of Playland for some reason. I don't know. I'm like, yeah. But you know what Tomorrowland is all about, right? No. Just a whole bunch of DJs, um, but really famous, you know, like Mar Martin Garrix and huh. uh, David Guetta. Uh, you know, is that how you pronounce it? David Ge Guetta. Ge Guetta. Yeah. Or Guetta. Yeah. <laughs> Guetta. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know what? I wanted everyone um, listening. I wanted to, um, yeah, this new single that you have out. I wanted to play it back so we could hear this and I want to hear more about um, your journey here. So this is Quinitas here live, Mutiny Radio FM. This song is called On My Own, Fresh Off the Press. Very fresh. Whatever you say, I really tried my best to get you to quit playing mind games. So whatever you say, but there was no way around it. You were only going to change when you were ready to change. So I had to walk away. Your pride, with your fears and your doubts, cause you always 
That is Quinitas Live Muni Radio here in the box with you truly back here. Incredible. That is very well done. I like the re- recording and the, um, yeah. I can see a lot of different influences too. Yes. yes. So where did you record this? Where did I record this? In Spain. Oh, you recorded it in Spain. Just wow. my, yeah, just vocals and guitars in Spain. And then the, all the MIDI music was done in Finland with my other, with my friend that I keep on telling you about. So it's an, and, and then the acoustic drums were recorded on fiber by this Italian drummer called Maurizio. You guys should hit him up. Maurizio. Mauricio, yeah, he charges like forty dollars a track, like the stems, and it's sounds like you, a killer deal. You tell him, you know, how do you want, how you want it, and it's pretty professional drumming for sure. He sounds really good. So is it, he's the one that did the drums for this, or was it something different? Yeah, no, he did the drums. Oh, he did the drums. Man, he just cool. mimicked, you know, and added a little bit on top of the MIDI drums. I'm really excited about the um, this new release I have coming up next. Um, where it's, um, you know, I feel like the more I record, the more me and me I become, like the sound, you know, that represents you, you know, as a whole. So I'm really excited that I finally started releasing because it took a little bit. It's because I've always been such a perfectionist um, and it's something that I have to battle with where nothing is good enough. You know what I mean? I had uh, somebody in the station that I was talking about this uh, song that they recorded and they felt like when they recorded it, they felt like they caught a firefly in a jar. Like they just caught this very rare capture of this song, um, but they were able to go and re-record it and it sounds just as good. I think a lot of it is in your head. I've I've been in the same room with somebody that recorded and recorded um, the same song three times and then it was like, oh, no, that second one was better. I'm like, no, the first time we recorded it was better. Or, But then you listen to it back. If you're not the artist yourself, you're just like, well, it sounds good to me. Right. You can only tell. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important to just know when it's enough and stop, stop tinkering with it. You know, like if you're a musician and you're recording, it gets to the point where you just have to release it and just for whatever it was at that moment instead of trying to rewrite and rewrite. I think you take away the essence of what you first started creating it you know when you make a song it it, it like embodies that moment in time you know and you remember so you know so clearly whenever you wrote first wrote that song you rewrite it too much that goes away I guess yeah what I'm trying to say I think so you gotta when it's a fresh cut you know you just get yeah fresh new idea just Fresh, freshly recorded, fresh idea. Present it and release it. Present it and release it. Present, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, I think it's really important. Really important. Just like, you know, just like a pie. Just make it and <laughs> make another pie. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I want to talk about your uh, your friend, uh, Sultan. We're going to save that. But I wanted to uh, play this uh, headliner tomorrow at the Golden Bull this band is called The Shaddix, and this song is called Space Team.
That is the Shaddix. Get your tickets. It's up on Mutiny Radio. The song is called Space Team. Very fun. Me, myself, yours truly here, the Candyman, is going to be opening up for them uh, tomorrow, which I couldn't be more excited. Um, also, so Shattuck is Shattuck Avenue. You know, everyone that's not from here, Shattuck Avenue is um, in Berkeley. It's a street in Berkeley in North Oakland where they have a place called Starry Plow. And they have an open mic on Tuesday that we were at. And um, gosh, that was fun. That Starry Plow, it's so great that that open mic is back. That's a lot of fun. A mixture of comedy and it's a mixed open mic. And... Um, yeah, it was lively. There were so many people there. There's some people I hadn't seen in two years that were there. What was your experience like at um at Story Plow? Did you did you like it or? Definitely, very very welcoming, and a lot of talented people there actually. What was the person's name? The one that had the slide for the acoustic guitar? Teal. 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 Hey Teal. Yeah. Man. Yeah, he was rocking that yeah he didn't even need to sing yeah it was just so crazy cool what he was that guitar noise that he was making was like yeah it was pretty cool i'm glad i got a video of all that yeah you guys really need to start like a video thing here oh yeah i mean we we have um yeah but we need to make it seamless you know where you walk in you just hit a button and you do it live and the great thing about live is that it's just live you know, and there's not as much editing, but you can, with the multiple camera angles, you could do it. Definitely. So, um, yeah. So just uh, hanging out here on a Friday, getting ready for the weekend and getting geared up for 420 here in just seconds. So we are going to cool it down with some cool jazz here. Happy 420 to everyone.
Hope everyone had a happy 420. Getting geared up for the weekend. We got this uh, straight from the heart of the music, which is going to be held in uh, Berkeley. All the proceeds are going to be going to Community of Women's Orchestra. And uh, so that would be a great thing to check out. What is that? 2619 Broadway. It's got to be Oakland. Yeah, it's by Drake's uh, dealership. That looks fun. Remember to uh, donate to uh, Mutiny Radio. You're hanging on by a shoestring here. Trying to raise $10,000 by the end of May, which is coming up. Thank you for all that have donated. Holler with a dollar. Holler with a dollar. Anything you got. Anything helps. We are member-operated radio station here, so without you guys listening in and donating. Yeah. Keep freedom of speech and rock and roll and comedy alive here. So talking about freedom of speech, what do you think about Elon Musk uh, buying Twitter? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I think... Well, so the thing is, is I don't, I don't know Elon Musk. <laughs> I do have that song called Elon Busk. <laughs> That's all I can think about. Um, but I don't know who Elon Musk is. I don't know what their pronouns are. <laughs> I don't, I don't, but I mean, he's pretty mainstream at this point. And I mean, you go... I think it's a little bit I- ironic too. I mean, we're sitting back here at a, you know, underground radio station in San Francisco, and we're talking about Elon Musk, which anyone can remember a couple of years ago when he took a rip of a blunt on the Joe Rogan show. What a huge thing that was to be a billionaire and ripping a blunt on the air. I don't know. I feel like there's something about him that seems or them that's down to earth. I don't know if anyone would you say so of anybody that's going to rip a blunt on the radio waves. Yes. Yes. I don't know. I mean, like. So what are you saying? You like that or not? I I feel like I could relate to them, you know, because for a lot of reasons, um, he you know seems to have this creative entrepreneurial spirit, which if you're somebody that has that. That's something you could relate to. I do remember also at one point in 2010 when Elon Musk was talking about selling solar panels to, you know, homeowners and then selling them cars so they could charge your cars on the electricity that they sold to them. I remember thinking that, is this guy on acid? (laughs) I remember thinking that in 2010, 12 years ago, and now looking at now, I mean, we were on the Golden Gate Bridge, and I, I saw like, I saw fifteen Teslas drive across the Bay Bridge in the three minutes that we walked back. We're walking back to the car, so that's the thing. That's that's a trip. And I was thinking, I was like, man, you know what? Twelve years ago, I thought this guy was out of his mind. Right. And now. I don't know, but people think that we're out of our minds here at Muni Radio. <laughs> Not really, no. It's a, You know, the thing with comedy, because um, we're big on comedy here, six days a week, come and check us out, is that sometimes it's hard 
and I'm not talking about with Muni Radio, but in general, when you go to a comedy show and somebody's really funny, it's hard to tell if they're telling a joke or if they're having a mental breakdown on stage and something's happening to them and you're like, is everything all right? Are you okay? <laughs> and it's like that kind of support. It's great. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's really fun. Um, come and check out some of these uh, comedy events that we're doing every day of the week. You guys have comedy here every day? Um, so we do actually... Uh, so we do the open mics here in the Pamtastic Comedy. Um, and we have a joke workshop on Monday. So we have a lot of, you know, comedians that come in. You know, it's like an open mic for comedy. And then um, here on Fridays, we do the comedy battle, which I always call that. I always call it the comedy battle from now on. And then, so on Tuesdays, we do the OMG comedy show open mic which in my that's my new favorite and so where omg is is in soma it's on sixth between mission and market street so really close we actually drove by it on the way when we're going up knob hill so it's downtown um there's something in the ambience of that place and with the stage and the spotlight that i just feel right at home and you know sixth and mission street is notably you know a place where People deal a lot of drugs and oh, so it's funny. You know, you you're inside. It's like all warm and cozy. You walk outside. You know, it's gotten a lot better now. It's pretty clean. You know, Monarch and there's some other places that are around there. So one of the things I remember, I had a friend who was doing a show at this place called Showdown. It was on Sixth and Market. I'd never been there before. I think it was called something else before. And I looked it up online. I looked at the website, and they were calling it. The tender Roma. What is that supposed to be? So what it is is so it's across the street. So you have Market Street. And so Market Street and Sixth Street, that really divides. That's a dividing line between the Tenderloin and Soma. So like south of Market. So because it's so close to the Tenderloin, you get this kind of, it feels like the Tenderloin. Because a lot of that kind of goes over, you know. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. I don't know. I look at it as, you know, it's authentic. You know, a lot of these. Yeah. It's one of the, it's one of the neighborhoods, you know, that's still got that authenticity. San Francisco definitely is very authentic. I, I, I keep on thinking about that. Yeah. Very authentic. I, I wasn't expecting all of this. All of this. You're lucky. Everybody that lives here is pretty lucky to live here for sure. Yeah, I can't believe, actually, I've never been to New Orleans. I've had some bands come through that I've played in New Orleans. I've definitely talked about it before on my show. And, or, you know, people that have come in, we talked about, you know, going on tour and going to New Orleans and just the whole experience of, you know, being there. And their experience was, is that they played a set at 12 o'clock at night or in the morning. Wow. Um and then there was bands that went on, they said, until 4 o'clock in the morning. Is that, I mean... Yeah, I'm, yeah, bars stay open. Too. Yeah, so I mean, for me, being, you know, a naive California, San Francisco Bay Area native, and living in the Bay Area, exception of San Luis Obispo for four years, which is Central Coast, um, this is all I know. Okay. And so for, for bars and venues to be open past 2 o'clock, it's like, whoa. Very different. I just can't imagine. It'd be a trip to go there. It's definitely yeah, on my list. Definitely need to go there next uh, 
next Mardi Gras for sure. It just happened, just like three weeks, I mean a month and a half ago. Wow, a lot of fun. People can't believe the things you you know that so, they see there. My mom was like really amazed. So you've played around in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's music 24-7, everywhere you go, everybody's just playing all the time. And really, you know, blues and, and a lot of jazz, really awesome. It's just like the town never sleeps, you know, like the city never sleeps. It sounds like a little mini New York. Exactly. And a swamp. Exactly. The food, I've heard the food is great. Actually, I had a friend that was from New Orleans and was going to visit a, a friend in Texas. And they were there and they had made some kind of jambalaya or something. And I was tripping out. I was like, this is so good. I can't believe it. You I was know. a little bit shocked, actually, you know, because we're, I feel like we're pretty spoiled here with the seafood in San Francisco, too, but there appears to be some fresh catches down there as well. Yeah, it's just a little different. Have you ever had crawfish? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good, huh? It's pretty good, yeah. Like tiny little lobsters. That's how I think of them. Nothing like a nice pescatarian treat <laughs> to, to get you going. And in that case, I think um, I'm going to play back this track that Pam and I just can't get over this this track. I mean, we're talking about pescatarian, so it makes sense to play some Violent Vicky for everyone out here. Violent Vicky in the airwaves, Media Radio FM.
Violent Vicky, Muni Radio in the box here with Quinitas here on a Friday. It's pretty nice out there. Beautiful weather tonight. So what's the latest you ever played in New Orleans? The latest? At a venue, yeah. Um, it's been a bit, like maybe like three years ago. Just like playing life just became not the goal anymore after doing it for so long. Yeah, I mean, three years, gosh, you look at it, I mean, the pandemic has been two years, so it's like, even if you wanted to go out and play a show, then, I mean, that's kind of what happened with the whole Tiki Desk, that's why, how it became, what it became, was because all these other venues were closed. Yeah, I remember that, um... So you couldn't, um... You couldn't play anywhere, so that's why we opened up the roof, and... Tiki desk. I really wish I, could, I, you know, I would have been here for one of them. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we could have you. We could turn it into a. We could turn it into a comedy open mic and a Queen a Queenitas uh, Tiki desk concert. <laughs> it could be that we could do that. That's the thing with I don't like the for lack of a better word the DIY. I wish there was a better phrase. It feels like DIY just sounds kind of you know, but do it yourself and. Yeah. There's something about that that's a little bit more organic than maybe going to, you know, Valencia room or something, you know, uh, to be, you know, in somebody's backyard and watching them, you know, watching comedians and comedian or comedians and artists and dancers. Yeah. And so they have like, like some writers playing here too. Yeah. Um, yeah, we do. Um, we're we're definitely really heavy comedy. So you know, be me being more you know of a guitar player, I I definitely feel like I'm a different type of fish in a different type of pond. Speaking of pescatarian again, yeah. <laughs> so you do have some, but not that many. Yeah, there are. I mean, gosh, we've had so many talented people come through here. I think it should be a thing. Yeah. Um, Annie Dame. Um, treasures, uh, analog dog, um, the, uh, gosh, there's just so many bands, uh, starry eyed cadet. So over here, are you guys like a nonprofit, right? Like you guys, um, well, not just this, but in general, there, there's nonprofits that help people give resources and whatnot, right? Like when you have a nonprofit. Yeah, you know what is that? I um, Pam would probably have a better idea of that myself. I think, yeah, we really um, I think we're pretty supported. You know, we a lot of these local businesses and restaurants. You know, including, you know, at Last Cafe and OMG, like we were just talking about earlier, um, Norton's, Boozland, um, there in the Tenderloin, and I'm I'm in deep thought because I'm just. Uh, there's so many, there's been so many really supportive um, people um, and businesses in our area. And we're really grateful uh, for that. But holler with the dollar. Yeah, well, the reason why I, what, why I brought it up was that night, uh, the Sunrise um, Open Mic at Starry Plow. Starry Plow. Yeah. Starry Plow. Uh, there was this girl, um, Freebird, uh, that's her Instagram. 
with with 3Ds and she was so good you know and she's just like I just don't know how to produce it you know I think that it should be like a place where where musicians local musicians have like a you know somewhere to reach out to to be able to help them produce a simple demo you know in order to present them you know totally yeah I know um, we've we definitely talked about and we have done it we've had a lot of bands come through and play and we have been able to kind of splice it up and and they've been able to use the material and uh oh, to use your stuff yeah to yeah. use the um the audio from the streams that we're streaming right yeah. now and being able to have um and that's one thing too i mean for me i don't know about for you mm-hmm. but for me i'm sure it's similar with comedy or any kind of recording arts it's like you're uh you listen to it over and over again you're like okay that's my okay that song that song I like this part, but I kind of want to tweak this part a little bit, like kind of similar with a comedy set where you, you listen to someone do their, their set or you listen to your set because you did a set here at Muni Radio. Comedian comes out tells a joke. Try to think of a funny joke to say. Um, I'll have a joke for you in a little bit. But um, yeah, and then you listen to a bag and you'd be like, oh, you know what? That joke really landed. That that joke really fucking nailed it. I freaking nailed it. The whole audience in here was going crazy. Mm-hmm. But this joke right here, everyone was crying in their cry about it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and so you're able to kind of hear it back. I mean, that's at least for me when I'm. I think I got to a certain point in my recording arts career, or maybe when I was you know really young, like six or seven or eight, I could play guitar and I could sing, but playing guitar and singing at the same time was like impossible. Yeah. You know, but then when get to a certain point where you can play and sing and then at that point it's just fun to just write new stuff and it's all improvised and so for that that's um that's how i i'm not going to say that there's other ways that i've written but that's the way i enjoy writing music the most is improvising i could see how that would be similar and relatable to somebody that's you know doing a comedy set and improvising and doing some crowd work you know with the audience but if you think about it, being a comedian, it's it's no easy task. You know, you really have to like keep a whole lot of a lot on a lot of things when you're a comedian. It's so awesome to see um, how much they have to remember and twist things around and make people. You know, it's just something else. It's yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's it seems to be a, um. There was a comedian the other night. They said something about you know. You know, we're at this comedy show, and like I know all these comedians over here, and they're basically just mentioned something like, "Yeah, they don't have any friends." <laughs> I but I don't think that's true. There's plenty of comedians out there that have friends. Maybe they don't realize that they don't have friends. But <laughs> when you get shut down like that in front of a big audience, Yikes. and you just you know that's your punchline, and it's nobody crickets. Yeah, <laughs> you're just kind of like, "Oh <laughs> shit, I got another seven minutes." <laughs> Right. But what do you do when something like that happens, you know, like as an artist? Yeah. I mean, like with, if there's other people out there like listening, you know, for advice. Yeah. I mean, with some, some guitar, I mean, with, with music, it might be a little bit more forgiving unless you have a technical issue, which is pretty defeating. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, th- that seems to be that it would be really tough. Like if you don't, if you don't really come out of the gates, like, boom like you you i feel like you maybe have about like i could be wrong too because i'm not a comedian 
but you may, you maybe have like 20, 30 seconds in the beginning to really get people into it off the bat. And then after that, if you, if you don't, then you're looking at your watch. You're like, oh shit, I got a 10 minute set. It's been 30 seconds. And no, I think you could do it. I feel like it's probably like riding a wave. It's riding a wave. And it's then you wave. just wait until you catch the right wave. And then you just ride that wave to the end of the set. Well, give it up for comedians. That's all. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty that's talented tough. people. Yeah. 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 I remember actually, we're going to play another track here, but I remember there was a comedian. I won't mention their name on the air. I have talked to some people off the air about this individual who is I'm a big fan of. The first set that I seen this person do, comedy set, it was an international cafe. That's on Friday nights, by the way. That's tonight. Clyde always uh, hosts that. That's an international cafe. So this person bombed so, so hard. It was the worst bomb that I ever seen. He gets up on stage or whatever stage is at International Cafe, which is the floor. He gets up on the floor and he's doing this thing. He's, he's doing, trying to do some crowd work. And this, this lady in the audience, like, you know, yells back at him. And then, um, they say, are you a lesbian? And then she said, yeah. <laughs> and then he just like, didn't know what to say. And then after that, and after the most epic bomb of all time, the girl that they were there with um, was like, you could see the look in her eye. She's like, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> she was like, this is so bad. It just... uh but this same individual, I think that's what it is. It's like when you're going up there and you're really trying to try out some material and you're at an open mic, that is really, it could be tough. You know, crowd work is really, if you could crowd work, I, that's the way to do it. With, um, there's this local guy here, Tony Sparks. He used to host the Brainwash open mic, which... The brainwash, what it was, it was a comedy open mic held at and hosted out of a laundromat for the cafe. And supposedly the myth is, and I never went there, supposedly what it was, it was a bunch of comedians there doing a bunch of one-liners for like one or two minute sets. And I'm just thinking about it. You imagine like doing your laundry and cleaning all your dirty clothes and about to take out a, take a bite out of a sandwich you know, because there's a cafe in there too. Taking a bite out of a sandwich, someone tells some nasty joke as you like, you know. <laughs> seems like it'd be it, surreal. Yeah, it'd be fun, fun way to do that. <laughs> so I wanted to play. Um, was it Sultan? I wanted to play this back for everyone. Yes, yes. Play yeah, him. and then we'll talk about him a little bit. This song is called Scales.
That is Sultan Duels Cannabis. That song is called Scales. That was recorded, um, gosh, by a local, not a local, gosh, no, this guy's somewhere else. This guy's in Finland. And supposedly the vocals for that track were recorded on a regular old iPhone voice memo and was sent to him or them to Finland where he took the voice memo from an iPhone or an Android or whatever phone it was and turned it into that. It just sounded like sounded like she was in a, this, the vocalist for that track just sounded like they're in this really big room and it felt pretty real. Well done. And uh, so we have another show coming up here on um, Cinco de Mayo. If you don't have any plans for Cinco de Mayo, this uh, band is called Rose Haze, and this song is called Posers. That is Rose Hayes. The lead singer actually called into this show here, gosh, last year. And I didn't know who it was. And the first thing, it was some person, some random person called in. I didn't find out until way later that it was this, that it was the lead singer of Rose Hayes. Um, and so they had called in 
and said, hey, JW and, you know, the band that I had on the show, what do you guys think of David Grohl or Dave Grohl? What do you think of Dave Grohl? And, um, wow, that's quite a, quite a question to ask someone. I remember thinking, I was like, what, I, how do I even respond to that? Is Dave Grohl listening to this right now? <laughs> I was just, uh, I was thinking, I was like, gosh, you know what is I, I really respect Dave Grohl and what he's done as a person and just being a person, not being, um, a guitar player or drummer or singer songwriter, but just as a person and existing and doing something, you know, and to be consistent. Because you think about it, like Dave Grohl, you know, when he was with Scream back in, uh, you know, 1989, 1990, he was part of the Washington, D.C. Uh, movement heavy metal movement and the band broke up in Seattle um, and so he was just he had nothing he was the drummer in this band he was 17 years no he wasn't 17 no I did this math he must have been like 20 21 22 and then yeah I mean <laughs> freaking Geffen Records calls him and says, hey, would you be interested in playing in a band <laughs> signed by a major record label? Um, that's incredible. Have you ever heard anything like that happen before? Yeah. Never. You want to believe this? I was in a in a um, thrash rock band called Tensack. If you can imagine that. I mean, that's a niche market, right? And... The drummer in the band, I guess I'll talk about, this is the first time I've ever talked about the um, Brandon, Brandon Freed. So our drummer in this band called Tensack, <laughs> um, he's helping move somebody up, his girlfriend up to San Francisco, and he gets a call from Columbia Records. And was like, they asked him, like, hey, do you want to you wanna play drums and for a major record label, basically for a band. And um, he did actually um, know the band um, and knew of the people and grew up with some of the people, so it wasn't like two. But can you imagine being in a band called Tensack? <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day you're signed under some big record label? Uh, and I imagine that's, you know, it was probably even more like that, even more with, with Dave Grohl. <laughs> Being a 21, 22-year-old kid um, in a band that broke up, stranded in Seattle, um, nowhere to go. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, if that isn't rock and roll, I don't know what is. That's so cool. I mean, so that being said, I really appreciate Dave Grohl as a person and and what he's done as a person. Dave Grohl. He seems pretty humble. I, I'd be interested to see, you know, what he'd be like to actually talk to him. I don't know, like Howard Stern, like that's cool and he's great and all, but yeah, I don't there's... know. I mean, like, could Howard Stern, Stern, could he play, can he play a guitar? 
never I never mm-hmm. heard Howard Stern play guitar. You know. Right. Have you? Never. I feel like there's something about it, not even being a guitar, a guitar player, but just being an artist in general. Like, oh, you're just, you have the paintbrush and you paint it a certain way and you meet another artist that has a, has a painter and you can relate to them. But maybe, you know, Howard Stern, because he doesn't, he's not a guitar player. So I was joking around with somebody the other day. It's like, I'm sitting here at Mutiny Radio and I feel like, I feel like Britney Spears... <laughs> Yeah, what's up? Keith with Richards and Howard Stern on steroids or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's super strange. Um, but free Britney. She's officially freed, and we do have a we do have somebody that comes here. Uh, Peter, um, he's a huge Britney fan as well because I'm a huge Britney fan. And for for you know before she was set free, he would have this uh, Britney free Britney shirt on. That, that's how you'd be like, free Britney. And it was like, <laughs> it was so great. It was super San Francisco and super. Where where does Britney live from here? Like Malibu. Malibu. I see. Originally from, actually, could be wrong. I want to say that she was from like closer to Louisiana than we are here now. That's for sure. She is from Louisiana. Oh, she's from Louisiana. She's from Louisiana. Okay, I feel like I got to do it too, and especially do a little improv here on the on the airwaves. Britney Spears, wow, what incredible, what an incredible story. Do you know any of the of her songs? Oh no way, Sam. So Britney, on finding out sex of his child with Britney Spears. Oh, Sam. So Sam is her um, fiance. Doesn't yes. want to know sex of the baby with pregnant Britney Spears. Oh my God, Britney oh, Spears pregnant. is pregnant. This is seven hours. This is six hours ago. This is fresh news. Britney Spears is pregnant. Is pregnant. Yikes! That is pretty sweet. Wow. So this is the breaking news that Britney Spears is a couple months pregnant and has the. Uh, option of um knowing the sex of the baby or not were you did when you were born did your parents know that did you know that no it was a surprise yeah same here yeah they wanted to keep it a surprise sometimes i wonder what that's with with me and my whole identity or whatever you know what's uh, up with your whole identity i don't know i just it holy okay i um i never uh I always liked girls. I've always been on the pescatarian diet. You know, I, <laughs> I, um, I don't, you know, have any desire to, I don't know. I just never felt that, you know, and I'm not, but I never actually identified with a gender. Oh, okay. But I like, you know, girls. You like girls, but girls. you don't like to be called him? Um, uh, you know, as I, I feel like a lot of times, I don't know, maybe, and I don't think it's just me. I think a lot of times, well, somebody's gender, in my opinion, shouldn't even matter. But I feel like a lot of times gender is used to degrade someone. And it isn't like that always, but I find a lot of times it's just like, oh, yeah. You know, I feel like even more, I mean, sexism, especially even in my lifetime, is something that exists. I'd, looking back at some of these older movies and, and seeing, like, you know, part of the skit was that, oh, you hit like a girl. And it's just like, man, that's pretty fucking sexist to say that, you know? 
And um, I don't know. I mean, like, I really don't think somebody's gender should matter. And I don't know. I mean, I just kind of was in this place where even though I, I didn't identify with a gender that I always liked girls. And I mean, I have, I don't know. I've never been. So what I'm saying, I'm not leaving it out of the question. Okay. I just never been into to guys. I think that's what it is. I'm not saying that it's possible that I can't not. I've never been, I never been into a dude ever. I guess that's what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Well, people are pretty open over here about the um, nouns and stuff, right? Pronouns and stuff. It's not the same in Louisiana for sure. That guy, that yoga, did you ever hear that? What that guy, the person that was hosting that yoga on the top of the Salesforce yeah. park today? He was talking about pronouns. Yeah. I remember. Mm-hmm. I really get offended. I'm not going to lie. You did? I mean, I feel like most of the time when somebody's like saying like, oh yeah, he's a guy, he's super gross. He's, you know, I think part of it is like just being a hardcore feminist yeah. and, um, and somebody using you and your gender, um, which I can understand why there's that bias. But then you think that that's just like judgment in general though? Like, you I think know, it is. Yeah. Like, but you know, so the thing is that really got me during the whole 2020 thing and the George Floyd and all that was going on that you got these people that are carrying around these BLM signs, but then they're degrading people for their gender. Yeah. You know, their size um, and other things, you know I mean? Just like, you know, I guess a better way of saying is like, you know, black Uber lives matter uber driver lives matter, you know or whatever you know i just i i just am trying to like it just uh i feel like in order to break down that in my opinion i don't know people could disagree in order to break down racism which is a a form of bias that in order to do that that you would need to eliminate every bias you would have to eliminate sexism you know, and um, everything else, you know, that goes along with that. I think, I don't know. I mean, I just think it's so strange that, you know, Black Lives Matter, but then people are like, oh, this person, this person's short. And like, oh, and they're going to degrade somebody because they're short, which I'm not sizest. And it's just like, hey, well, short Black Lives Matter, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, I don't, I don't, it's just, uh, it's really, I think what it is, is that people need to be, a, you know, you got to raise awareness about the whole thing. But and, but at the end, we just have to raise awareness that what's different, and people get kind of freaked out by what's different. We tend to, you know what I mean? Whether it's being short or being whatever it is that you're not used to being around, and then you're presented with it, you're going to freak out yeah like boomers will get freaked out by the whole entire non-gender transition and transgender pronouns all of that right now we can understand it we know where 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 they're coming from (laughs) so it's just a matter of understanding that 
we are all different. <laughs> we're all different, but at the end, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you don't know, understand that basic core, then we're screwed. Yeah. So something that was really interesting about it, because, um, you know, it's it's good now talking about, I think during the time it was a little bit too hot and heavy of a subject to talk about, you know, but here in San Francisco, you know, June of 2020, yeah. you know, you had everything that was happening with BLM and George Floyd and June is gay pride month here. So you have, you know, and with, with trans, transgender. So the thing is, is that I think a lot of people, especially now, people know what gay was. People know what have been known, what homosexual is forever at this point, not forever, but for a long time. And that's something that people are aware of. And the transgender thing is something that's been brought to more awareness. And as much as I don't really like to say it, I think Caitlyn Jenner <laughs> had something to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and being trans is, um, is something that's been around. I mean, people have been trans for thousands of years. People have been, you know, and so being trans is one thing, but then also, which I think could be wrong. Um, people aren't aware of as non-gender conforming, which is neither. Yeah. Explain it's that. The, so you have, you know, and I feel like with the pronouns, you know, that's, that's where the pronouns come into, come into play is that, you know, there's, you know, she's and there's he's, but there's also they's. That's where the they's come from. So I think a lot of people, I mean, people are aware what being homosexual is, which again, with gender and everything, I don't think it should matter your gender or your preference, your orientation. I think what we do, at least here in America, and maybe not as much anymore now. I think we're evolving with the times, but people are really just more about want to put you in an orientation box. Then we'd be like, this person's gay or this person's bi or whatever. It's like, I I mean, you could see, just for example, you'd see two people that appear to be female walking down the street and they're holding hands and then, you know, they're being affectionate towards each other. Well, that doesn't, necessarily mean that they're lesbians, you know, because it's possible that one of them could be non-gender conforming and never identified with a gender. So at that point, what would that be? And then what I've really have come to the conclusion is, does it matter? <laughs> right. But anyways, yeah. So I, I think that um, I wanted to play... Uh, this song that just, it's one of my favorite songs uh, from a local band here that I just, uh, I think it's a great song to start the weekend with here. And it is a band called Mild Universe. And this song is called Having a Dream. Beauty Radio FM.
That is Mild Universe live floating through the Mutiny Radio universe on a Friday here. Getting geared up for the comedy battle after the show. Going to be opening up uh, for the Shaddix and Treasures tomorrow at the Golden Bull. Get your tickets. Ride the wake to the other side. Ride the wake to the other side. Playing my guitar like a brown eyed girl. Playing my guitar like a brown eyed girl. I'll be soft, I'll be gentle, I'll be sweet and sentimental. I'll string you up, I'll strap you down, I'll pick you up, we'll go down to Chinatown. Ride the wake to the other side, ride the wake to the other side. I'm playing my guitar like a brown eyed girl, playing my guitar like a brown eyed girl. Rocket ship to Mars and your We can move on the street and pretend like we're famous Touchdown in the tears Down in the Tenderloin Tenderloin Beach Ride the wave, ride the wave Ride the wave to the other side Ride the wing to the other side. I'm playing my guitar like a brown eyed girl. Playing my guitar like a brown eyed girl. Ride the wing to the other side. Ride the wing to the other side. I'm playing my guitar like a brown eyed girl. Playing my guitar like a brown eyed girl. I'm soft. I'll be gentle. I'm sweet. Sentimental, I'll pull you up, I'll plug you in, I'll get you up, I'll kombucha up medicine. Ride the wake to the other side, ride the wake to the other side. I'm playing my guitar like a brown eyed girl, playing my guitar like a brown eyed girl. Ride the wake to the other side, ride the wake to the other side.
Here we are. Was that a helicopter at the end? Yeah, that is a that is a synthesizer drum pad that I have that I Very have cool. wirelessly hooked up to the guitar. So I'm able to make the these electric drum beats through my um, Core Chaosler, which I have mounted on my guitar. Um, so I know that's what I'm talking about with the Britney Spears thing. I mean, I basically just feel like Britney Spears and Madonna with a guitar. <laughs> Not as cool. You just want to be free range. Free. Like a prego Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> that was very cool. I, I, I Now I'm curious to try that chaos. Yeah, we're gonna, we'll try it out. Yeah, the, very uh, very cool idea. So, um, yeah, what does playing playing the guitar like a brown eyed girl mean to you? <laughs> so you're gonna be playing on Saturday, at what time? So I'm gonna be the opening act at nine o'clock tomorrow at uh, the Golden Bull. That's where I went yesterday. Yeah, to hang Is out. Is it good? Yeah, it's pretty fancy bar. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to be playing there. So uh, it's going to be you and who else? Uh, it's going to be me, the tr- uh, Treasures, and the Shaddix, which we played back a little bit earlier today. I see. It's going to be fun. Yes. Make sure you record it. Yeah, so I mean, playing the guitar like a brown-eyed girl, what does that mean to you? You're asking me this about your song? Yeah. Like like playing a guitar like you're a female Carlos Santana. I'm not there he sure. is. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. You actually got it. So the thing is that we were talking about earlier, off the air, is just like you create a piece of art, whatever that is, whether it's a painting or it's a comedy set, or it's a you know musical piece that you create. Yeah, so that's what I was going for, is that I'm playing my guitar like I'm a brown-eyed girl. <laughs> Breaking down the gender binary. And that's kind of, that's the whole idea. But I don't know. I mean, it's better for people to just have it, make their own meaning of it, you know. There's probably people, you know, there could be some somebody with a, you know, Make America Great Again hat and, you know, in Georgia or something that's wearing this hat and listening to this song. Like, yeah, play my guitar like a brown-eyed girl. Fuck yeah. You know? (laughs) And they have their own meaning. Yeah. Yeah, so... It's just, um, I don't know. I like it, for me personally, I like it when things are kind of, not. I'm not talking about this song, but just in general, when like a movie or, you know, something's open for interpretation where it's kind of like, oh, it could, it's this, but it could mean this. And it's maybe, it can mean a couple of different things, you know? What else could it mean? Like, what are you talking about in that song? Um. So, so for me... Is uh, so th- I was actually playing some drop D chords at a cattle ranch about 25 mile, 25 miles away from here, and uh, vocally, for me personally, vocally, the my two number influences for me vocally are Frank Sinatra and John Fogerty, which I mean everyone knows who Frank Sinatra is. John Fogerty is in Creedence Clearwater Revi- Revival, and um. If anyone out there doesn't know, it's the uh, gonna run through the jungle. That's who that is. Yeah. So, for me as an artist and a and um as a singer, um, 
those are my two biggest influences. So I was back at this fire pit in the East Bay at a cattle ranch right there in Castro Valley, Santa Ramon borderline. And I was hanging out with some, you know, my cousin, you know. And uh, we're playing guitar and whatnot, and I was playing that drop D. I was playing a drop D thing. Well, one of them had said that I sounded like Jim Morrison. And I was just kind of thinking, I was like, well, I know Frank Sinatra is my number one influence. I'm thinking about the time period and what that was. You know, Frank Sinatra was really big in the 50s. And uh, the Doors are really big in the later 60s. And so it's very possible that Jim Morrison was inspired by Frank Sinatra. And I looked it up, and it actually was. Really? Yeah. So. Very cool. I had yeah. no idea. According to that, I mean, like, I never met Jim Morrison myself personally in, in person. <laughs> but um, from what I've read, that's what his his biggest influences were. Elvis Presley, vocally, and Frank Sinatra. Hmm. I was like, oh, shit, I guess that kind of makes sense. But he was him, you know. He yeah. was them. He was them. It was them. It was them. Um, Yeah. So I was going to go ahead and uh, I was going to play another another local band here, the Helltones. Holler with a dollar here at Muni Radio, hanging on by a shoestring here, trying to raise 10,000 bucks by June. Um, Thank you all that have donated. And... This is the hell tones.
is the Hell Tones here, live, me and you radio on the airwaves here on a Friday. Getting geared up for the comedy battle after the show. Got Quinitas here in the box from out of town, first time in San Francisco. And um, so what is up with this snuffle mat thing we're talking about here? Does anybody out there know what it, I never even heard of what a snuffle mat was until I met you. I know, I had no idea either <laughs> until I found that product. So pretty much it's just like um, a pet training mat where you sprinkle your um, the food, you know, the pet's food, and, and, and then they take the time to sniff through it and find, you know, each little tr- treat or piece of food. So it really actually, like, helps them digest better or if they have, like, destructive behavior, um, it helps them keep them busy pretty much. Wow, we got a call into the radio station. I think somebody's getting all crazy about this snuffle mat. <laughs> yeah. Okay, actually, let me take this right now. Hey, who do we got in the air here right now? Hey, what's up? Is this who I think it is? It's Jack Friel. It's Jack from Treasures calling in here right now. Oh, my God. Are you mutiny radioing right now? Yeah, man. You're on the air right now. I'm sitting back <laughs> in the box here. We're talking about a snuffle mat. You ever hear what a snuffle mat is? A snuffle mat? No, I don't know what a snuffle mat is. It's something that they make for dogs. And so what it is, it's like this thing, this little thing where you got to, you know, um, the dog has to, you know, dig around for the treats. It's like buried in there. So what it is, is it gets them exhausted. And so they're not, I mean, that's part of what it is, but yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's an activity for the dog. And it's, and it's got replay value because like, you know, it still takes work to get the treat out of the mat. So you just like fill them out with treats and then, you know watch whatever tv show you're gonna watch and occupy your dog for about an hour <laughs> yeah i mean i nice. imagine that's probably a similar concept as like the peanut butter and the little thing you know you know what i'm talking about yeah you, like, you put the peanut butter on the wall and then the dog doesn't give a shit about anything else <laughs> just clipping his nails and just, yeah. couldn't, couldn't care less that's yeah. like that's that's the that's just the very level of dominance you know <laughs> intelligence like for you know that why humans uh are able to control dogs in the first place but um uh, yeah, so I mean, you geared up for the show tomorrow, huh? Eight o'clock yeah. is the doors. Eight o'clock doors, nine o'clock show. We got JW Blunt <laughs> opening, and then it's gonna be Treasures. Um, it's funny, JW. I meant to call you to actually talk to you personally about something really quick, but <laughs> yeah, you know what? Be on air. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Hey, I'll give you a call back here after the after the show. Rock and roll, dude. Well, hey, I hope to see everyone on the air out there. Yeah, it's no, be a sweet show. For sure, man. I'm looking forward to jamming, opening for you guys tomorrow. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing your set. Awesome. Nine o'clock. All Open right. Bowl, Oakland. Nine o'clock. All right. I'll see you there. All right, man. Bye. All right, bye. Yeah, so that is Jack from Treasures. It is literally, you know, it's going down tomorrow at the Golden Bull. It's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, we're talking about snuffle mats, too. I mean, so bring your dog. Bring your dog with you. Why not? They're dog-friendly. Golden Bull makes sense because of the Golden Bull. Bring your dog. Are they really dog-friendly? Yeah. Bring on your bring your dog. Bring your snuffle mat and your dog. And your dog. <laughs> yeah. So I um. What is it? What is the name of the snuffle mat company? Oh, just go on uh, Amazon and just put Friendly Barks. Just snuffle mat. Friendly Barks with a Z. With a Z. That's the that's the brand. Uh, you know. Friendly gonna... Barks. Everything's spelt. Like it sounds, except for the end with the Z. Friendly barks. Yeah. Yeah. The Z is silent. 
Very oh cool. my goodness. I'm so excited about you on Saturday for sure. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Well, it's just going to be me, Taco Mosh. Is, you know, it's going to be a little bit too close to get Taco Mosh together before. But, uh, you know, we're talking about all these dogs and snuffle mats. I really feel like we got to play this uh, this latest um, or this single called Russian Doll off of a Gumby's Junk uh, latest release called um, Apple. Um, Apple House. This is really great. So this is Gumby's Junk. We'll be right back and we're getting geared up for the comedy battle. Thank you. 
Thank you all for tuning in to the JW Megawake Show. Thanks for coming in, Queenies. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Dan. Unbelievable times. Stay tuned in for the comedy battle here after the show. Donate to Beauty Radio. Holler with a dollar. Sunk Lightning, that is my Candyman theme. We'll see you next week. We're going to have a comedian on the show.
I'll be in the Breakfast Pigs playing tonight here at Bottom of the Hill for a Ukraine cause. It should be good. Tune in for the comedy battle coming up here at 6. Breakfast pig fix tonight. One, two, three, the start plow. And get your dancing on the floor right now.
black woman a bitch. I'm calling my peoples all kinds of things that they not. I'm lost, brother. Can you help me? Can you help me, brother? Please. You see what we did? We lost the love. I'm talking about the love. Brother, but brother, but brother, check this out. I still don't understand, man. I'm all high off this shit, man. Wait a Well, what I'm trying to say, my brother, why? Why do we kill each other? Look at our children. What kind of a future? This is the training that's going to be given to you by the woo. Brothers the and revolution, sisters. The revolution! The revolution! It's time to rise and take our place. Televised! So we can inherit the The best the from trees I hardly can believe that unless I'm dumb deaf and blind save the children you ever heard about the ape man be free. 
has a beginning to him. And his ending is about to come. 